Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, are we nearing a head coaching search resolution? There's a feeling in the air. Also, Joey McGuire said, what? You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today. To get started with the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be back with you as always, Chris. And it seems like since we last visited here on the airwaves, uh, maybe a little bit of smoke swirling around a primary target for Texas Tech men's basketball. As the head coaching search goes on, there's been some national reporting as it relates to North Texas head coach Grant McCaslin. His team stays alive in the NIT, so... Kind of seems to muddle some uh, present waters, I guess, as far as maybe a resolution being here. But I wanted to start with you, Chris, as it relates just to the fact that uh, the reporting has indicated Texas Tech is is centering in on a primary focus or a number one target. Do, do you think that that is true in and of itself before we even got to a name? Is there reason to believe that Texas Tech is, has been circling one primary focus? Yeah, Cowan, I, I don't think anything is done at the time you and I are talking. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that there's anything of official. I think it does make it a bit tricky w- with his team still playing. Um, but I, I you know, I, I do know there was uh, more than one other candidate uh, not named Grant McCaslin that was, um, you know, had, had talked to folks associated with Texas Tech you know, in the last, uh, you know, 24, 36 hours. And so yeah. I think, uh, but, but I, but I do think that um, I, I do think Grant McCaslin should be considered the favorite. And again, we've said really since this thing started, uh, I've, I've tried to just maintain the fact that, you know, I, I knew Grant would be in this thing until he wasn't, until he either took another job, said he wasn't interested, or you hired somebody else. And I, I still feel that way. Um, I just think, you know, his name was tossed out before anybody else's. Uh, and I, I think there's a reason for that because he's got some ties here. I think he's he's been interested in this job before, and the timing has just never worked out. And I think the timing is is right there. Uh, it's it, it's teed up for for Texas Tech and for Grant McCaslin to finally get get back together after he left here back in the early 2000s uh, as a young 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 coach. So yeah, I, really... I, yeah. But I well, think go ahead, Chris. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I just think, but I think it all all points to him right now. But I don't. Again, at, at the time you and I are talking, I don't think anything is is official yet. Well, last time we spoke, I kind of was getting around to wondering whether or not, um, you know, you've seen names crossed off lists for whatever reason, taking other jobs or Texas Tech finds something that they're not, um, you know, big on after considering someone a prospect and then investigating further for for whatever the reason may or may not be. 
Um, I think that we have certainly, um, you know, reason to understand that some of the elimination or, or narrowing of the list uh, has happened. And it seems like going back to what you just said right there, and you've said it on previous episodes, uh, until McCaslin, for whatever reason, was not going to be an option, he was going to remain on the short list of very likely favorites. I don't know exactly, Chris. You know, I've kind of gone back and forth here the last few episodes or last week or so in what I feel like is going to be uh, the most important, say, criteria requirement or trait uh, of the head coach that I want to lead Texas Tech men's basketball. I think, obviously, we've all got opinions on what may be most important to us as far as characteristics for the next head coach. But if we could focus in on McCaslin for just a moment, what do you think really stands out? I know there's a shared history. I get all that. But we also know, certainly as Tech fans, shared history leads you to nothing just in and of itself. We've seen some shared history lead to terminations of employment uh, in some other capacities in some recent history. So I don't want to just go there, but what do you think it is really about maybe his basketball resume or the recruiting resume uh, that makes Texas Tech and Grant McCaslin possibly uh, a good fit? Yeah, you know, and, and we can't pretend to know everything that the committee knows. Um, you know, there, there are certain things that come with each candidate, uh, and it's some of the things that you talked about. Um, but I, I think you're trying to find ultimately the best fit, and I, I, I think that I, it appears anyway that they've they've determined that he's the best fit, and I think that. You know, look, his, his resume is, and I've said this before too, but I, I want to emphasize it. His resume is very similar to Beard's in that, you know, look, junior college level, uh, been at the uh, at Midwestern State, you know, been at uh, Midland College, been at, you know, an assistant at Baylor, uh, was at Arkansas State. I mean, he's been at North Texas. I mean, he's just kind of, you know, been at a variety of places working his way to this position. I think that youth is on his side too. I think a lot of the candidates that we, you know, heard heard tossed around, not all of them, but a lot of them are in their 60s or even even 70. Like in Rick Pitino's case, obviously he's got a job now, does Rick Pitino at St. John's. Uh, but I, I, I think that, you know, and again, I, I think that ties are certainly not everything, uh, but I, I think they were, you know, may, maybe it breaks a tie, you know, if you're, if you're looking yeah. for reasons to, you know, to get into it. And, and I think, uh, I, I think too, the, the this will be the, the really important piece for, for whoever was going to get this job is who they surround themselves with. And I, I think that that's no different from Grant or anybody else that was mentioned for this job. So, uh, but I, I, I can't tell you what specifically won the committee over, but Grant, I know Grant uh, a long time. We don't know each other well, but know him. And I, I think that everybody you talk to about him will tell you what a good dude he is, how polished he is, how energetic he is. Um, you know, he's got a brand. I, I think that it's important to have the conversation, too, of – you know, because I, I, I've seen it uh, a lot and I know it's out there about, you know, I don't like his style of play, pace of play, you know, all the all these different things. Look, the, the, his identity is defense and they play really good defense and they won they've won nearly 30 games with it this year. And I think that's kind of been his calling card that fits along the lines of what your program's identity has been over the last what, let's say, six to seven years. And I think that's important to note. And 
it doesn't mean he won't tweak it or change it. Uh, I think that he's been trying to do what he he's done at, at, at the level at North Texas because that's what's won. And uh, will will that be good enough, or will we will that win in the Big Twelve? That that's for him and whoever he surrounds himself to decide on on what kind of players they can get or keep or or whatever that looks like. But I, I just I, I I say that all to bring up to kind of go full circle in that. There, there was a time when people were very frustrated with Chris Beard's pace of play, and and like weren't, weren't explosive offensively, and yet you went to what Elite Eight and Final Four and Sweet Sixteens. I mean, some different things uh, with that, with that same you know pace of play. You know, it was it was kind of a more of a grind than it was, uh, you know, because the hit, Chris's best teams were ones that could kind of do whatever you wanted. They could play fast, they could play slow, but they they could be good at any style. But I just think, you know, people have kind of looked at that, but I just think, and, and, it, and it speaks to, to you know, Casey, how, how much the perception of this program has changed in the last six or seven years. Because there was a time where if you go hire a, a mid-major coach that had won a ton of games with ties here, that you're, you're, you're you know, just overwhelmingly excited and – you kind of see some people out there that aren't as excited as others are, but this is about fit. And nobody knew that Beard was going to take this thing where he took it when they, when he took over the job and he hadn't really done it uh, at, at, at a ton of places other than been here a long time. And was it Arkansas state? Cause I remember that, that hire was somewhat criticized by folks back then. So, uh, but I, I, I just think it really points to grant and, and we'll just kind of see where, where it goes from here and how quickly. And I, I don't pretend to know how you kind of operate here with the fact that they're playing next Tuesday in Las Vegas. I don't know if you can kind of come to an agreement and maybe not everybody knows about it. So you're showing respect to North Texas and, and all those things. And then, and then maybe Grant can, can do some things off to the side. Again, that's assuming that this deal gets, it, it, we're, we're on the cusp and, and I, I don't think anything's official yet, but it just seems to be pointing that way. Or do you do you wait till next Tuesday or potentially next Thursday? You know, it's just a, that's a long time uh, to to keep you know staff and players and all all those things on hold. That's just tricky. Not that you can't do it. It just makes it very very dicey for a lot of people's lives and situations and scenarios. Is is the this sport is moving? You know, there's there's player movement, there's coaches movement, there's all kinds of dynamics at play. So the sooner the sooner the better for all involved as awkward as it may be for North Texas or for Texas tech or for, or for Grant himself, if that's what they in fact uh, aim, aim to do is get a deal done with him. Obviously an agreement will be made before the public knows about it, um, which would indicate that some will know about it, which would then indicate that a few more will know about it, which would give you some indication. I think that as it relates to this particular instance in this timeline, as you're trying to sew up your roster, recruit new guys, et cetera, th there's going to be things that start to, to roll out, Chris. And I don't know if it'll be, you know, right leading up to tip off of the next game or, or when it might be that say you have somebody asking about it publicly or whatever in like a post game setting or something. But I would guess if, if the signs continue to point this way, that maybe we'll have something uh, to, to digest prior to that game happening as far as further reporting. But nothing is confirmed at this time. Nothing is concluded at this time. So uh, we'll certainly still allow for something uh, unusual, strange, or new to happen 
this is a Texas Tech head coaching search after all. So stick with us here on Locked On Texas Tech as we do get nearer to this resolution and a new head coach for Red Raider men's basketball. All on the basketball front for now. We're leaving it right there before we're out of here. We've got some spring football hours now in the rear view. Some things to uh, consider from the head coach, Joey McGuire. And not only from Coach McGuire, but other members of his staff. Some things said that got my attention. And I mean in a quick way. I'll tell you what I mean coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Thanks for joining us on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks to those of you subscribing out there on YouTube. If you have not so far, make sure you do so you miss nothing. Chris, spring football is now upon us. On and popping, as they say. And we've heard from head coach Joey McGuire as he spoke with members of the local assembled media this week. And I don't know about other Red Raider fans out there, but a couple of things got my attention very, very quickly. I want to get to, uh, coming up in just a moment, a couple of specific mentions on the defensive side of the football that also compelled a guy by the name of James Blanchard to speak up on Twitter, calling one particular aspect of the Tech defense What's going to be the best in the Big 12 Conference coming up this season? That got some folks' attention. No doubt about that. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, what also got my attention, Chris, I just thought this, this is kind of funny in and of itself. But if there's something serious here, it'd be good for us as Tech football fans as well. But Coach McGuire said uh, in part when visiting with the media, quote, the guys that were on the bowl team are probably going to be mad at me. But I think this team right now beats the bowl team by 14 points. He's talking about the team right now, his words, and the bowl team by last year getting beat by 14 points. Now, some of that just makes me laugh because I think Joey McGuire's just being funny a little bit and maybe maybe, <laughs> just, maybe just jabbing a couple of the players he loves that aren't here anymore. But it stuck, it stuck out to me that a head coach would say that, man. Did that get your attention? I think Joey has a way of, of – you know, he uses his positivity and he speaks things into existence. Um, you know, that's just kind of how he operates. And look, that's unprompted. Uh, I think he's ba- he's basically telling his guys, we're setting the bar high here. You know, I think that's what he's ultimately doing. Now, look, if, if, if last year's team in December and this year's team played, I don't know if he's right necessarily because <laughs> – there, there, there's a lot of guys that are out this spring. Okay, for example, True. but I think I think his point is one that team, you know, the bowl team didn't have Tyree Wilson, and there, there's a few things like that that we have to remember. But it, we're, that that's if we're just being completely taking it literal. But I, I think the point is is that look, I mean, there's expectations on this team. This team is supposed to be better than last year's team. It, it is on paper. Um, I think they're better up front. Um, I think that they feel like they've addressed some of the departures. Uh, I think they feel like they're faster. And so you, you start to mix in some of those ingredients, and it's easy to understand why he feels uh, good about it. And, oh, by the way, he's got 
two really good, healthy quarterbacks, at least right now. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny because it was like the opposite of the, uh, you know, don't go uh, rushing to them with the anointing oil just yet, Bill Parcells approach. And I know that he was, again, just speaking generally, but I I like the way you described that there. And we're not in Joey McGuire's head, so we don't know exactly, uh, you know, what the methodology is there in that approach. <laughs> but I, I could buy into some of what you're saying in that, hey, we're putting it out there right now. We, we've got high expectations of where we're going as a football program. And by the way, that's not going to be any different, I don't think, than what you get nationally when you show up to the season. There's going to be some preseason love, I think, for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. And uh, if it is in that vein that he's saying it, uh, I kind of like it. Otherwise, if it's just in a comedic vein that he's saying it, I like that as well. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, and, and I think I think it is – there's so you know like like Mike Mike was a prime example to the contrary. Mike would like pour cold water over his team, and right. a lot of times, like if if the hype got to be there, he would really kind of look for reasons to kind of again take that away or diminish it. Um, reading reading their own press clippings, I mean, you know, we we always heard that years and years ago. Right, and and I think Joey is kind of opposite in that. He, he's it's not bravado it's just confidence but it's ultimately it just comes out of positivity and energy and i think that's why they play so hard for him because they believe what he says but jo- joey's just got a he's got this gift man to where you, you just kind of are excited to be around the guy you want to play hard for the guy you want to listen to what he's telling you and it's not always positive out there he coaches hard he's going to get on to people uh, but but I, I just think some of these things that he says, it's almost just like, whoa. I mean, I can't believe he said that. But he doesn't. He's not afraid of it. And I think that that's kind of refreshing and and different because other coaches are afraid to say stuff like that. And I, I think that he believes these things, and I think it, he causes his kids to believe these things. And I think that it equals results most of most of the time. As for Joey McGuire, observation number two. That made me say, whoa. But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book, FanDuel. And now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, become a new customer because new customers get that no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, three points drained if basketball is your thing, or all points in between. Underwater basket weaving, anyone. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with that <laughs> same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. As for Joey McGuire, observation number two that made me say, whoa, and maybe some others as well. He he started this comment talking about his defensive coordinator and saying in part, Tim DeRuiter for the second year in a row is going to have a first round draft pick. And he goes on to start talking about some of the guys on the defensive side of the football. He mentions the name of Steve Linton, which then prompts our guy, James Blanchard, 
<laughs> to tweet this, bookmark this, he says. With all due respect, Miles Cole and Steve Linton will be the best edge duo in the Big 12 Conference. Chris, look, I know it's a tweet. I know it's March. I know we're talking spring football. But these things are getting my attention and some of the ambition that's out there for the Red Raiders. And I guess I could go back to one of the only cogent things I heard Billy Clyde Gillespie say while he was in Lubbock, which was no one has ever risen to low expectations. And it may be whether from Blanchard or from McGuire or other guys we're going to hear about a little bit of a different approach that we've had in some time, right? As far as some of the ambition that they'll share uh, with all those listening, I guess, or uh, following on Twitter. <laughs> so the, the, the first round draft pick comment, um, I, I listened to that a couple of times, and I couldn't decide if if he meant what you just said. And and I think that we would agree that we think Tyree Wilson is going to be a first round draft pick. Yeah. And and I think he's he, he either means it in 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 one of two ways. The first way it could have been, hey, he's about to have Tyree Wilson drafted in the first round, and that will make two in a row because right. he coached. He, he coached <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon, who was like the sixth pick in the draft by the New York Giants, and that will make two in a row. Or it, is, does he mean here it's going to be Tyree Wilson and a year from now it's going to be Steve Linton? You know, and so, <laughs> but, the, but the point still stands. I think they are very, I think they feel like they've struck gold with Steve Linton. Um, I think that he was played a bit uh, in a different scheme uh, last year at, at, at Syracuse. And I don't think it necessarily showcased his pass rushing abilities. I think he was, he was asked to do some different things, uh, which, which didn't allow for more than, you know, the three and a half sacks that he got. He's having to do some different, you know, responsibilities with, with his reads and, and things like that and the scheme that they ran. But I think they've got him here. They see the the athlete. They they put on the weight. You know, they talked to he he showed up at about two fifteen, two seventeen. Now he's at about two thirty. Can carry a bit more. And I think they're going to turn him loose. And I think that you know it it should tell you a lot that they basically say, you know, you you go rush the passer. We're actually going to move Josiah Pierre, who was actually pretty darn good uh, at the tail end of the year at rushing the passer. We're going to move him to Mike linebacker. And so I think that all points to them feeling really good about Steve Linton's ability to, to get after the quarterback. Now, is he first round good? I don't know, but I, I can tell you I've had enough conversations with people. He's got two years left to play. Uh, I don't think they anticipate getting that second year here out of him. And, uh, and I think that as is, is weird as that sounds, I think you're more than okay with that, which means that he would have had a heck of a – uh, a year coming up. So I think, I think we'll just kind of see what happens, but, and then miles Cole, man, I, I think that they, they feel like he's going to be a draft pick, you know, just because the lights come on a, a little bit and he kind of got to sit uh, and, and, and watch a bit last year and kind of ease into this, but he's, he's six foot five. And I think you heard Joey talk about, he's got longer arms than Tyree Wilson and the NFL loves the measurables. You know, yeah. they love it. They, they can, they can coach a lot of it, but they can't coach really long arms and, and 6'5", 280, and all those things. That's just something they can't, you know, it, it is what it is. But they can get a lot out of guys that, that, are, that are built like that. And I think that they feel like he's, he's ready to kind of emerge here and, and, and be, a, be a guy. And look, Joey, Joey doesn't say these kinds of things if he hasn't had 
conversations with the NFL folks that have rolled through the program. You know, there, there's all kinds of NFL folks that come check on your practices or talk about, come see you in the offseason, all these scouts. And, and, and these coaches from, from, from Tech, they get the feedback too. You know, they're giving it uh, on, on anybody that they're asked about, but they're also asking questions too. Where does this guy stand? I guarantee yep. you we'll, we'll have conversations about Tyler Shuck before long too in, in the same conversation. But uh, I, I think it was uh, – yeah, it was a heck of a statement for sure, and it certainly caught uh, – I think it got a lot of people excited. Oh, and just with uh, an edge rusher too, not like a really premier position or anything. Uh, either one of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know. I, I do not have the stats in front of me, and so maybe my feeling is just wildly different from the reality a season ago, Chris. But for all the uh, pressuring and disrupting of one Tyree Wilson, I still didn't feel like as a team – you know, Texas Tech was like just savage on opposing quarterbacks. I don't know what their sack number was or where they were in the Big 12 Conference, but I feel like you had a lot of close, maybe no cigars uh, as far as actually getting the quarterback on the ground a season ago, but you'd love to see that improve because much like, and I guess they go hand in hand, it's probably redundant to talk about them both uh, as separate things, but much like creating turnovers, obviously pressuring the quarterback will cover for a multitude of sins defensively. Uh, wherever you may be a little bit weaker here or there. If if you can have those guys, and they are a premium, if you can have those guys that are always in the quarterback's mind, man, you really got a lot of opportunities uh, as a defense. It was nice to have Tyree Wilson in that capacity and would love to have somebody else in that capacity in 2023. Chris, before we wrap it up, I know we've only had about 48 hours worth of spring football, a couple of practices uh, in the books, but um, any surprises, observations, anything else to chew on before we're out of here from what you've seen or heard? I, I will add to what you just talked about, though, in that the sack numbers weren't necessarily where you wanted them to, but I think you were top 15 or top 20 in the country in tackles for loss. Hmm. So I think that is that is important to note. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, just anything that sticks out, I mean, I, I think there was some conversation about I, – I was curious what uh, – what your offensive line would look like. It does appear that they have moved Caleb Rogers over to right tackle and Monroe Mills over to left tackle. I was kind of fascinated about that. I think, you know, and, and the same with the guards. I, I knew Dennis Wilburn and Cole Spencer would be guard. I wasn't sure which side they would be on, but it appears Cole Spencer will be left and Dennis Wilburn will be right. And, and I think that the, the last thing I'll mention is, there's still some hope for Kosai Eldridge to come back here. I think they're hmm. just waiting. It has not been uh, decided yet. I think it's still up in the air. And I think any hope you have there is good hope because I thought, you know, it, at the bowl game, I thought, well, this is probably it. But I think there's still a chance that he, he could regain another year of eligibility like they did with Henry Teeter and follow waiver and, and explain uh, the situation. And so, Fingers crossed there, because if you get Kosai Eldridge back, man, look out. I mean, you, you, you've you got – I mean, you've got the bulk of your defense back, other than Tyree and Marquise Waters, and I guess, you know, the Reggie Pearson, pretty much everybody returns. And I think that that would be a lot of fun. Krishan Merriweather, uh, that, that's a key departure, but still – there, there's, there's a lot back on that side of the ball. But Kosai Eldridge, man, durable – uh, playmaker, smart, uh, going to be a coach someday. So that certainly piqued my interest as well. Uh, you've got my interest also uh, because Kosai was 
man, just one of those guys that I thought got better with every week. It seemed like I, I was surprised maybe halfway through the year when I was seeing him kind of shoulder to shoulder with Merriweather as far as defensive numbers were concerned at the end of a game, but then it became an expectation and it was, it was he and Merriweather and mostly Wilson. Uh, they were at the top of those lists, but Eldridge really came on and just got better and better and better. I think as the season went on, so I'd love to see more football out of him in red and black. If we have that opportunity. All right, we'll be back around on the other side. Of course, more to get to from a spring football perspective. And plenty more on the hoops horizon as not only you appear to be nearing possibly a resolution here with your coaching search, but then obviously mucho work on the other side of that as you try to, you know, put a team together. We need basketball players. If you're going to get a coach, better have somebody (laughs) that they can coach. So we need basketball players. We need assistance. We need it all at this point in time, but I've got to get the head man sorted out. First, So hopefully that is soon to come. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss our reaction whenever that happens. Chris, appreciate the insight as always, man. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Keep hope alive. We'll talk to you next time. You got it. We'll see you for the next round right here. Make us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts on Locked on Texas Tech. And for your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball, your one-stop college hoops shop right here. On the Locked On Podcast Network, you can find it on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts for your second listen. Make it Locked On College Basketball. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you on the other side once again on Locked On Texas Tech.